one of the things I want to tell you about this church is I, I like to ask pretty much everybody that, that visits or comes in, and, and there's a variety of different things they'll say about the church, all, all good, all positive. Um, the one thing that people say more than any other is that this is the friendliest church they've ever been to. That speaks of love and, and, and kindness and loving your neighbor as yourself. And so I want to commend you. I want to commend you on the love that you have for one another. Do you realize that uh, our, our vision statement is that we love, we serve, and we send? And I want to speak to you this morning on loving, loving your neighbor, loving those that are around you. We're commanded by Christ to love. It's not a suggestion, it's not something that we do just because we're commanded by Christ to love one another. So to understand what love is, I think we need to define what love is. Now in, in, the, in America, in English, we have many ways that we use the word love. I love pizza. I love my family. I love Marvel superhero movies. Not all in the same category, hopefully. We use the same word, and context determines in the English language what we are really implying by using the word love. But when we get into the Greek, it's a little more specific. They use a few more words to describe this thing called, called love. And in the passage of Scripture that we were reading in, in 1 Corinthians 13, that word that that translates out to love is, is agape love. And you've heard, you've probably seen every other uh, Christian bookstore is named agape. And, and uh, so you've heard the word quite a bit. But the word really simply means it's based on choice. Choice of something longed for or that you're loyal to. It's placed first in one's affections. In other words, when you are to love, as Christ said, commanded us to love one another, we are to prefer that person next to us over ourselves. It's, it's familiar, it's, it's family, it's children, it's grandchildren, it's, and I've said this before, but when your children are born and they come into this world, or your grandchildren come into this world, and you hold them, they haven't done anything for you, and yet there's this overwhelming emotion and feeling and response in your heart toward them that you would lay down your life in an instant for them. That's love. That's agape love. That's that no strings attached. Everything in my life is going to be focused on blessing this person because I love them. Agape love could be, say, it's an emotion-based commitment that you have the feeling, but it's not just a feeling. It's feeling plus action. Sometimes in our culture, you know, we use love. It's like, oh, well, you know, what happened to you? Well, you know what? I fell in love. Got it all over me. <laughs> fell in love. And you see somebody else a little while later, and you say, man, what happened to you? Fell out of love. I don't know. Just driving down the road, hit a bump, fell out of love. Love's not that way. Not, not the love that Christ has called us to. It's not just a feeling, because feelings come and go. But it's a commitment, and it's a commitment based on everything that's in you, that you love, you, you are loyal to, you're devoted to that person. It's the same love that 
John, in John 3.16, says God had. For God so loved the world. That God so loved you and I that he gave his only begotten son. That, that, that when he looked down at humanity and, and, and he created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he loved his creation. After he created everything else, he said that was good. But when he created Adam and Eve, he said that's very good. It was precious. It was something that he loved. He cherished every day. The creator of the heavens and the earth would come down in the cool of the day and walk and talk with Adam and Eve. He loved his creation. And when Adam and Eve stumbled and they dropped the ball and they, and they sinned and they were separated from God because God is a righteous God that cannot tolerate sin and, and God's holiness said that there has to be something done and God's righteousness said that there has to be something to, to take place to vindicate this, this sin. His mercy and His grace and His love toward humanity decided that, that I know what I'll do is, is I will send my son to take their place. It's that love that God so loved you and I, that God had so much understanding and emotional capacity toward us that he moved heaven and earth to save you and I. And that same love that, that, that caused Christ to come down in the form of, of humanity and he was fully God and fully man and he walked on this earth and willingly laid his life down nailed to a cross so you and I could experience life, true life, eternal life, life beyond this one, life without sorrow and with, without sickness and without pain. He gave us a picture of love that he willingly laid down his life for us. God chose to love. God chose to love us. He, he chose to love humanity. Do you realize that he chose to love you? Well, before you ever knew him, he knew you, and, and his love for you was just overwhelming. That's why if you look back at your life, you will see his hand on your life every single day. What is that? It's the love of God pursuing you. It's the love of God reaching for you. It's God's love toward us. He loved us when we were unlovable. And you might say, well, maybe you're unlovable still. Uh, I am at times. I'm sure you are too. But do you realize it doesn't stop God's love? God doesn't love you any more when you're doing well than when you're not doing well. God's love is unmeasurable. It's unfathomable. It's incredible. And it will transform our life. So he knew us yesterday, he knows us today, and he'll know us tomorrow. Jesus said in, in John 13, 35, he said, by this will all know that you are my disciples. If you love, have love, one for another. It's that same agape love. It's that same unconditional love. 
It's that love that I love you regardless of what you're doing, where you've been, or, or what you have said, or, or what you have committed. I am, I am committed to you. I am loyal to you. I am devoted to you. I will be with you through the thick and the thin, through the highs and the lows, through the ups and the downs, through the good times and bad times. God said, I am all in. And, and Jesus said, if you want people to know that you're my disciples, it's not how much of the scripture that you have memorized. And, and memorizing scripture is great but some people are just more studious than others and so we can't predicate how much we are a disciple of Christ based on our knowledge and and we can't base it on our wisdom or our intellect or our or our wealth or whatever we have in this life he said the one thing that I want you to base your discipleship on that the world those that don't know Christ will understand that you are a passionate follower of me is that I have given this to each and every person in this world there is not one person that does not have the capacity to love and he said you will know that you are my disciples by the love by the agape unselfish relentless pursuit of the betterment of one another when you have that, a church grows. When you have that, family grows. When you have that, the world will be turned upside down for Christ. It's not based upon how righteous and holy we can get, for He is our righteousness and He is our holiness. It's based and predicated upon the fact that we have the love of God in our lives and we choose to allow the love of God to be spread among us. Wow. I'm going to quit. <laughs> Someone tired me out. We are known by the love. You choose to love. All of us have that capacity. See, the church is kind of like that storefront window that invites others to come in and shop. And when the windows are attractive, it invites people in. If you see the mannequins in the window, and by the way, Mannequins are just are the females. You know what they call the male mannequins? Dummies. <laughs> they got that one right, didn't they? Uh, when, when the windows look great, you want to go in and shop. See, this is the characteristic, this, this thing called love. It, it's something that we choose to do. We, we choose. It's, it's an emotion, but it's also an action. And and we choose to love one another. It's not knowledge, well, although we need knowledge. It's not wealth or wisdom or speech or any other characteristic. But it's just that devotion to one another. And in the passage of Scripture that we read, uh, Paul goes through 1 Corinthians, and he's talking to the church in Corinth, and they were just a messed up group of people. You know, you think, you know, you see other groups around, and you say, well, man, they're just kind of messed up. Corinth was a messed up group of people. When you, when you go to Corinth, you will see above the city, you will, you will see the temple of Aphrodite above, above the ancient ruins. And when, when sailors would come in, they would take that thousand steps up to that temple, and, and, and that's where they had the, the prostitutes that, that would serve Aphrodite by by being in prostitution and and it brought a lot of money to the city and but but it, that culture 
infiltrated the church and the church had a skewed perspective of love and sexual love and other and other love and 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 when you look at what Paul wrote to the church Paul is trying to bring them a true understanding of love of the love of Christ and love for one another and he starts by saying though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and I don't have love I'm a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Have, have you ever heard a clanging cymbal? Wow. It hurts your ears. Or nothing like a beautiful brass ensemble, but, but when they're off key, man, you'll, you'll run for the exit. And what Paul is saying, you can, that true love, true understanding of love, when you're loving one another, it affects your communication. That's all he's saying. You can speak to anybody. If you have all languages, you can even speak to the heavenlies. But if you have no love, it's not going to have that clear signal. Love is what brings clarity to communication. It's true love. It's not being perfect, nor is it being an orator. It's love. Because people can understand when you love them. So Paul goes on to say that, that this thing called love affects our sharing the gospel. That when we proclaim the gospel, that, that we do it in love. It, it affects our wisdom and understanding. Understanding is knowing what to say. Wisdom is knowing when to say it. Love will give you both of those. It affects our faith in others. That if we love them, we will always look out for the best of them and always trying to lift them up and encourage them and bless them. And no matter how many times they fall, we'll encourage them to get back up and move again. Love does so many things for us. It affects our dedication to one another. When you're dedicated, when you love somebody, you're dedicated to them, you're committed to them, you will... You will see them through the good times and bad times, through the ups and the downs, through the highs and the lows. You're there. And I like how he said that, that it, it, though I give my body, speaks of motivation. It gives us the proper motivation. So love does so many things for us. Love changes us. When I love, I am patient and kind. I'm not jealous but joyful of my brother's successes. I don't brag nor boast of my own success. I'm not rude or self-seeking. I don't get angry quickly. I keep no record of wrongs. I'm always happy when truth prevails over injustice. See, love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful, always endures through every circumstance. Paul ended that passage of Scripture by saying, love never fails. When you love, you will never fail. He said, now abide these three things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest is love because faith is something that you're hoping, that you're desiring, that you believe in, you have a conviction for, there will be a day when our faith is realized and, and everything that we believed in will come to pass. We believe that the Lord's coming back. 
there's going to be a day when that faith is realized. The trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will rise. Hope, everything that you've longed for, everything that you've heard about heaven and you long for it, that new body, that, 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 new, that new temple, walking with Christ, living in that place where Christ is the light. Those things that you've longed for, you will attain. So faith, everything that you believe in, everything that you trust in, you'll see come to pass. Everything you've hoped for, you will receive. But love is one of those things that you're going to continually abide in throughout eternity. See, faith and hope have a moment, but love is eternal. That's the reason why Christ said to love one another. This is how you're going to know that you're my disciples, that you love one another, because love never fails. I'm going to ask you today, is there an area of your life that you need to change? That you need to love somebody that's unlovable? That you need to not worry about having your way? But you just need to rest and trust that God's love is sufficient. Love never fails. You say, Pastor, are you finished? Yes, I am. It's a short message, but a true message. Something that we need to hang on to, something that we need to celebrate. And here's what I would like to do. I would like for you to stand with me, if you would. And if you wouldn't mind, if you could just... Just close your eyes for a moment and just ask the Lord uh, what area of life that you, if any, that you need to give more love, that you demonstrate the love of Christ. Maybe it's to a brother and sister in Christ. Maybe it's to a family member. And let's just ask him to fill us with his love. Can we do that?